I'm glad we got to take a break from those movies for a bit. Yeah, me too. I think we needed this vacation. For sure. It's too bad about Jason, though. <sighs> no kidding. Now one of us has to start hosting the movie podcast. Ugh, and the editing. At least it seemed kind of quick. Those rats seemed hungry. Yeah, I thought for sure the rats would have mellowed out by now. I guess Dunwall wasn't the best vacation spot. The rates were so cheap, though. Well, yeah. When there's a plague, rats that eat people, and zombie-like people throwing up on you and then eating you, I'm sure the tourism board's phone isn't exactly ringing off the hook these days. True. What time does our ship leave? In about 20 minutes. We should probably head to the dock. Hey, look at you two. I'll bet you two would like a souvenir to remember your time in Dunwall. Our friend got eaten by rats. I don't think we'll forget. See, if you had passed me by when you arrived, I could have helped you with that. Oh? How so? Bone charms. Oh god, not this shit again. Look, you're not the first person to try to sell one. We're good. Thanks. Oh, but my bone charms are special. They're made of a very particular whale bone. Not interested. You could say they're bone charms. I... you. No thanks. Maybe not for the young lady, but you, young fella, you, you should try this. I'll pass. It's made to make sure your bone is charmed, if you know what I mean. We get it. I don't think you do. It's made from the penis bone of a whale. It'll help Look, with your... we get it. Leave us alone, or we're going to miss our boat off this shithole. You don't understand! These are straight from the outsider himself! Uh-huh, like we haven't heard that one from every other street virgin. Thank God. Here's our boat. You'll regret this, I promise you! I'll take my chances. I already regret this whole trip. We've gotta hurry or we're gonna get stuck here. I don't understand it. No one wants these damned bone charms. You might want to try brushing your teeth occasionally. That might help. But I brush my teeth with agfish paste twice a day. Isn't it's helping. not helping. I hate this city. Move to Dunwall, my mom said. There's sure to be a ton of tourist money now, she said. Urban Renewal Project me ass. On this Games and Junk Game Club, we're going to the world's worst tourist destination in the middle of a rat plague in Dishonored Definitive Edition. show where we sometimes stretch the meaning of a monthly show. I'm your host, John Lucero, and joining me as always are Vanessa Cahill and Jason Ariola. And on today's episode, guys, we are talking about Arcane Studios Dishonored from the year 2012, a stealth-heavy game where you play as an assassin, Corvo Atano, trying to right the wrongs against him. He was framed for the murder of the Empress, and he's He's trying to uh, correct that issue. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I picked it this time, and I picked it because I played this game, I want to say 2013-ish, and, uh, I, and it just did not grab me at all. And I think, looking back on it, because I, 
And I, for a while, for a long time, I thought, and if you've listened to other podcasts we've done many years ago, I probably talked about Prey at one other point because I, I thought I just Arcane Studio games just didn't click with me. I just thought I was, it was just not. They just something about them just didn't work because Prey was good, but I just kind of fell off of it, and so I just kind of that's where I was at with Arcane. But now going back, but I was, I was like, you know what? I want to give it another shot. So I picked this game, and it, and uh, I gotta say, I really, really enjoyed it. And I think a big part of why I didn't like it back then that I didn't think about was I think I had just played Bioshock Infinite rather, re- rather recently before playing that, if not right before playing this. And they are similar enough in structure to where I think I was just burned out on the immersive sim, the like uh, sort of immersive sim style of game, uh, the Deus Ex style. Or the Bioshock style, which is like a lesser version of it. But uh, yeah, so that's where I was at. Uh, Vanessa, had you ever played this before? No, but I've heard <laughs> the name. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's all we can ask for. Yeah, it's true. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason, have you played it? Yes, actually, and uh, much like you in the, I guess, uh, beginning of that sense is, I played. I don't remember exactly when. It was fairly early on, and I. It just did not grab me at all, and it wasn't because of Bioshock Infinite, because I fucked off of that game pretty quickly, because I was just like, oh, God, I can't deal with the uh, heavy-handedness of uh, the narrative there. <laughs> it's like slapping me in the face with a fucking wet fish, why don't you, Jesus? Anyway, um, so, yeah, Dishonored, it just did not grab me in the least, and I don't even remember how far I made it into it before I just was like, you know what, nah, I'm good, I'm not gonna play this anymore, and, um... Yeah, I ended up trying to give it another chance um, when the Xbox One release came out, and it didn't grab me again initially, and um, yeah, kind of just put it off to the side, and then this podcast happened. Yeah, so that's uh, kind of where we're all at. I think I fell off of it uh, right after the, like, the first mission, like the escape. I think I just some, I just did not enjoy it at all, and I don't. I think I just didn't like, didn't like the way it felt, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I still think... The combat is very clunky. From what I, I didn't, from what I played of it, I actually played pretty non-lethally throughout. But uh, yeah. So before we dive, why did you choose this game? Why did I choose? <laughs> that is a very, I very good question. Clunky. I didn't enjoy it, so I stopped playing it. So I was like, why did, why did we, why did you choose this game? <laughs> because because uh, people, people love the Dishonored games, and I wanted to give it another shot. The, uh, the people that really like these games really like these games. And, yeah, that's uh, fair. And now I get it. And because uh, I, I again, I like I said, I still think some parts of it are clunky, but I think that there are parts of it that are fan that are absolutely fantastic, and uh, and I actually and I'm looking forward to talking more about it with you guys who clearly don't agree with me, in, at least in some ways. Uh, but before we do that, uh, Jason, is the lab is the lab coat on? The lab coat is on, good sir. All right, hit us with that uh, with that science, please. All right. So, Dishonored, originally released on the Xbox 360, Windows, and PlayStation 3 in North America on October 9th, 2012, and, um, as I mentioned to you guys, had some odd, staggered releases in parts of Europe. On the PlayStation 3, it was out in the UK by October 12th, but wouldn't come out in Germany until June 2014, releasing under the PlayStation 3 Essentials banner, uh, effectively our version of the greatest hits, or uh, Germany's version of greatest hits. It seems like it didn't officially come out um, in any other countries in Europe on the PlayStation 3 either. Uh, as far as the Windows release goes, it would launch in North America on October 9th on retail shelves. It would come out worldwide on Steam on October 12th, uh, come out in Austria, Germany, and Switzerland, good company, on Gamesload on the 12th, and a retail release in the UK on the 12th as well. It would come out physically in Germany in June 2018 from Software Pyramide. Pier- I believe it's Pyramide. Um, 
on September 15th, 2015, as a Green Pepper release. Software Pyramid and Green Pepper are both labels owned by Actronic Software and Services, GmbH. As far as Software Pyramid games go, they're sold in retail stores, and they're displayed on a pyramid-shaped shelving display thing, which is where the name comes from, which is also just very odd. I don't know. I, I, seems, I, seems impractical to have a pyramid shell. As somebody who has worked retail for most of my life, I would hate this company because it's just like, <laughs> oh, fuck off. Thanks. Just, oh, God. Yeah, have you guys seen the, the, the white claw displays that are like the shape of a wave? No. no. Every time I see those, I think of the poor, sad retail <laughs> people that have to like tape all those empty boxes together to make the shape of a wave out of the white claw boxes. <laughs> God. Yeah. You know, grocery stores, they do those things with like the Coke or Pepsi products where they make like flags or football fields. And it's just oh, like, yeah. oh, you poor bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never had to do anything that elaborate, thank God. But anytime I see those, I'm like, the amount of manpower that goes in these stupid displays is asinine. I mean, there's <laughs> so, so little return as far as that goes. It's just like, oh, hey, that's cool. Let's keep walking. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to buy that still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on, back to what we were talking about there. Uh, finally, the Poor 360 only had one other release outside of North America, and that was being... Um, in the UK, October 12th, 2012, multiple pieces of DLC would come later, focusing on Dowd, the person who assassinates the Empress at the beginning of the game. In, spoiler alert, uh, August 2015, <laughs> Dishonored Definitive Edition was released for Windows, Xbox One, and the PlayStation 4. The Definitive Edition would include the DLC packs, the Knife of Dunwall, the Brigmore Witches, Dunwall City Trials, and Voidwalker's Arsenal. It would also run at 1080p, something the PS3 version uh, couldn't manage for some ungodly reason. Oh, that's right, because the PS3 was a terrible piece of fucking hardware to develop for. And while it didn't improve um, its 30 frames per second frame rate, it was stabilized, so it actually stayed closer to that. Uh, but from what I was seeing uh, from contemporaneous um, reports at its release, it seems like the frame rate wasn't actually that stable and had some severe loading uh, time issues. All of these seem to have been fixed since then, as a, maybe you guys can add in here with this. But during my time with it, um, kind of blew right through the loading screens very quickly. Maybe I think the longest I've ever had to sit there and wait was like two or three seconds. Uh, I never oh, noticed no. I never noticed mm -hmm. any frame rate issues, yeah. though, for me. I had some really long loads. So uh, I felt I always felt like the loads were um, pretty long for me. Okay. Yeah, I played it on a. What did you play it on? What did you play it on? on a one um, S. So not like the strongest system in the world, but you know it's uh, stronger than what it came out on initially. But yeah, I thought I thought the loads were actually one of the more one of the more annoying parts for how often you can say you can I like to save and reload in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, they were uh, they were a little long for me. Okay. I I only ran I only ran into the one like technical issue and that was more like AI pathing stuff. Like, oh, okay. Else would be fine. Vanessa, how did uh, your loading experience go? Oh yeah, mine was fine. It was like seconds maybe. Um, if that like I would actually be sad because of the text that they would show to, but like you know they wanted to cycle through some cool snippets while it's loading, and I never had time to actually like I could never read the snippet. <laughs> oh, there was some really <laughs> there was some really handy shit on that. I, I would have done so much better if I didn't read that text. <laughs> if only you had like a base Xbox One, that probably would have helped you a lot. Damn it! <laughs> Damn you, new system. I learned a lot. There's uh, there's some handy like. Well, you could possess fish. Didn't know you could do that. Thought you could just do the rats. You can do the fish. Oh, okay. That was, yeah, that was that. That came in handy a couple times actually. <laughs> yeah. So Vanessa, you played on a Series S, right? And then I played on an Xbox One mm -hmm. X. So Vanessa and I, I think, as far as like power goes, um, I think are right about the same because I think the Series S is about the same as as far as yeah. the Xbox One X goes. So I believe so. 
So yeah, so maybe that that was the difference in experience there because I know the uh, the loading times on my original Xbox One that I um, have given to my daughter to use in her room with her new uh, Hello Kitty TV, uh, <laughs> the load times on that are substantially larger than they are on uh, my um, One X. So I think they're I think it just may be like the hardware difference there. Mm. But anyway, let's dig into the arcane history here a little bit. Arcane Studios, the developer of Dishonored, is based in Lyon, France, and was founded October 1st, 1999. Um, as John and I discussed off the air, we had no idea. Or was that on the air? Doesn't matter, right? Oh, um, that was off the air. That was off the air? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it was founded in October 1st, 1999. Uh, neither one of us had any clue that Arcane had been around this long, and I, John Wright, you also thought Dishonored was their first game. <laughs> I did. I, I think I knew that they didn't... Uh, Might and Magic, or uh, but I forgot they had done that. So I was, I, I was in my, in my mind, this was their first game. Yeah, same uh, here. Uh, most of the initial developers came from either Electronic Arts or Atari. They opened up another studio in Austin in July of 2006, and Arcane was acquired by ZeniMax Media in October 2010, meaning that it is now a Microsoft-owned company. Arcane's had their hands in a few other games and developed more than a few themselves. Their first game was Arx Fatalis, a first-person action RPG that came out in 2002. You're going to hear first-person something-something a lot mm -hmm. with their history. Truly, yes, yes, they love first-person. <laughs> <laughs> After their work on that, they developed 2006 Dark Messiah of Might and Magic, another first-person RPG for Ubisoft. They'd help out um, with the multiplayer on Call of Duty World at War in 2008. In 2010, 2K Marin enlisted their help on the design, animation, and art of Bioshock 2. Following that was when they were acquired by ZeniMax, and also when they would announce what would become Dishonored on July 7, 2000. 11. Dishonored did better than Bethesda expected and garnered the above-mentioned DLC, a sequel taking place 15 years later, and The Death of Outsider, a sequel of sorts to Dishonored 2. Between Dishonored 2 and Death of the Outsider, they would release the sequel, relaunch, whatever it is, of Prey. Uh, they would also help out Machine Games on Wolfenstein, Youngblood, and Wolfenstein Cyber Pilots, a VR thing, so I don't think any of us have ever, or maybe will ever, try that. Uh, they've got two games in development currently. One is Deathloop for Windows and PlayStation 5, and the other is Redfall for Windows and the Xbox Series XS. Uh, they've also had three games I could find that they worked on that ultimately ended up being canceled. The first was Return to Ravenholm, a game in the Half-Life universe, which was set uh, yeah. to, yep, uh, <laughs> yeah. to show how the titular Ravenhold ended up being the way it was in the game. Uh, personally, I don't remember much about it because it's been well over a decade since I played Half-Life 2, so yeah. That's that's the spooky level mm. with all the like all the zombie head crabs in it. Okay, uh, I, I don't remember much about the level design itself or the way the city looked. I just remember it's like oh dilapidated buildings and stuff. Cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> as usual, Valve seemed to lose interest. Uh, some postulating that Valve deemed it too costly to finish, and by the time Arcane had inherited it, it had already been in development for a while. And who was developing it prior to Arcane? You might ask. Why that would be Junction Point Studios. Sound vaguely familiar? They were the studio that was led by Warren Spector, who's probably best known for Deus Ex, uh, that developed Epic Mickey and Epic Mickey 2. Junction Point dropped this to work on Epic Mickey. Seems to have worked out well for them, as they are now out of business. Great choice. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Great. Solid choice. Anyway, uh, the second game was The Crossing, a first-person shooter for Windows and the Xbox 360 that was going to try to meld in its uh, single-player campaign with live multiplayer games. After a couple of years of development, it was put on hold to focus on other projects, as Arcane said they had run into, quote, an unexpected financial challenge, unquote. They'd end up officially canceling it for, well, um, their, as of this recording, most recent canceled project, which was LMNO, one of the games being developed by Electronic mm. Arts that had Steven Spielberg attached to it for the Wii. Ness, if you remember this, these little things here, um, like Steven Spielberg signed up for a few games to be developed with Electronic Arts. The one that came out was Boom Blocks on the Wii. That did it really well, didn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I don't what know about... What would he be doing? Is he like... Did he write them or... Can you direct it? Like, did he direct? Was he directing the video games? He was he just involved in it. <laughs> yeah, I think he was just the producer. Oh, okay. I mean, he so technically he just... was the producer on ET for the Atari. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. producer is producer is a term you can slap on anyone that puts money into a project. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, like, I could give my uh, daughter a uh, um, you know producer credit on the last podcast because she listened to the Pokemon Snap thing and uh, opening and um, gave me the approval. So. That's why I always think it's funny when in trailers are like from the producer of it's like they didn't do who cares what the what they produced before this it's yeah like, yeah I mean technically that yeah like I said anybody that has anything to do with it could be labeled yeah. a producer so oh let's see anyway all I can say is uh, between this and ET stay in your lane Stevie uh, anyway now to the likely surprise <laughs> of no one on this podcast at this point Element O was set to be a first person adventure game that was based around parkour role playing elements and escape focused gameplay. Not to say Arcane definitely has a thing they do specifically, but knowing this, you can kind of see the seeds of Dishonored in a lot of their previous work. And Prey, by the way, <laughs> even though if you haven't if you haven't played it, it's also kind of like that. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right, now I'm going to be a bit more selective about who I dig into here as far as the staff goes. While Arcane isn't a huge studio, there was just no way I was going to be able to dig into everyone who worked on it. So I kind of cherry-picked who I felt might have had the most impact in the game in the end. Um, and I'm going to um, remain with the lab coat on, but I'm going to go and don a uh, business uh, sport coat, if you will, for a moment here. And if you really want me to dig a bit further, I'd be happy to do so if we break like $2,000 a month on Patreon. Uh, I'll do yet another podcast where I go over nearly every single staff member of our game for that month and go over what they've done by myself. This way I don't have to torture you guys. And if you want to go do that, you can go to patreon.com slash gamesjunk and kick in either $1. See, I'm going to get this in here at the beginning rather than at the end when people tune out. <laughs> so yeah. uh, $1 a month will get you... Um, Effectively nothing but a thank you from me. Uh, $3 a month will get you all the podcasts we do over here uh, at a higher quality audio rate in one handy catch-all feed. You also get bonus episodes of Rocket With Your Card Up, my video game music podcast, and bonus segments on Multimedia Failure, the video game movie podcast John and Vanessa and I all do together, where we are slowly suffering and killing uh, our, our brains as, and souls. Um, we got Dead Space next. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> God. Good. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yay. So happy. So happy. And for $5 a month, you will also get all the stuff I mentioned on the previous tier, as well as a shout out on the show. So of course, got a shout out to my two co-hosts here, John and Vanessa, Alex Messenger, Josh Carpenter, Eric, and Nathan Cooper for kicking in the $5. We really appreciate it. Anyway, moving on, let's go ahead and uh, I'll, uh, I'll remove the uh, the sport coat, the business sport coat, if you will, and we'll... Uh, we'll <laughs> Over kinda... your lab coat. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, no, the lab coat stays on all the time, yeah. except last episode, yeah. because there wasn't enough uh, science to do. So, <laughs> I took the day off, so... <laughs> Anyway, uh, creative directors for Dishonored. There wasn't enough science to do because it was Pokemon Snap. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you're taking pictures. Jesus, come on, let's go. <laughs> uh, 
the creative directors for Dishonored are Raphael Colantino, I think. I don't know. Anyway, and I'm just going to call him Raphael from now on. Raph. We're just going to go with Raph. And Harvey Smith. Uh, Raphael started with EA around 1994 doing QA for Theme Park, FIFA International Soccer, and Relentless uh, Twinsons Adventure. I've never heard of it either. Don't feel bad. Uh, he'd stay with them for a few years, working on various titles. And in 1999, he would leave EA to found Arcane Studios. While acting as CEO, he... Still managed to get his hand in the mixes as far as the games they developed, working on level programming for the first game, Marks Fatalis, one of the storyline writers for Dishonored, and even composing some of the music for Dishonored 2, Prey, and Prey Mooncrash. In 2017, Ralph, or <laughs> Ralph, Raphael stepped back from his position at Arcane's, um, staying at the Lion office to help with new management transition. Uh, he would say in 2020 that he left over creative and or creative anxiety. Brother, I feel you on that one. He wanted the time to reevaluate his goals and spend more time with his son. In November 2019, he announced he had formed Wolf Eye, a new studio with former Arcane staff member Julianne Ru Ru or Ruby. 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 I don't know. It doesn't matter. So. <laughs> Ruby Ruby. <laughs> Ruby. Anyway, uh, Harvey Smith started his career working at Origin Systems because QA lead for as uh, becoming the QA lead for System Shock, hey, another sort of revolutionary first-person game, who would have guessed, right? Anyway, he'd have his hand in a few other games while there. Cyber Mage, Dark Light Awakening, something I've never heard of. Uh, Super Wing Commander, which is a remake of the first Wing Commander game, and Ultima 8, before moving on to Multitude Incorporated to work on Fireteam, an isometric squad-based shooter that came out in 1998. He'd then move on to work with Warren Spector at Ion Storm on Deus Ex and Deus Ex Invisible War, and Thief Deadly Shadows, um, innovative first-person games with a lot of stealth in there. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. See, this is why we do this is because you start seeing um, the, to say, branches that all come back to the root of Dishonored there. Uh, he would then head over to Midway, which, yeah, uh, to work on Area 51. After that, he would be executive creative designer in Blacksite Area 51. A little over two weeks after that release, Harvey would come out to complain about how the unrealistic uh, the development schedule was for the game, not even allowing them time to properly test the game. And that was his reasoning for why the game came out so poorly. To the surprise of no one, after a move like that, uh, he and Midway would reach an agreement, and he ends up leaving Midway. After that, Raphael would get in contact um, with him. They had previously met and stayed in contact over the years about joining the new branch of Arcane Studios in Austin. After hashing out a concept that would lead to Dishonored, they would um, work out the, like how to share the responsibilities, and Harvey agreed to come aboard. From there, he's worked as the creative director on all of the Dishonored games, um, was part of the writing team for Dishonored and for the two story-driven DLCs. Smith also wrote a, big, or a novel, Big Jack is Dead, back in 2013, and seemed to get some fairly positive responses from that. The level designer and audio director is uh, Christoph Carrier. Earliest credits I could find for him was in 1994, doing QA for Theme Park and Magic Carpet The Hidden Worlds. A couple of their smaller credits here and there, but nothing of note until he joined Arcane. It looks like he was one of the earlier members, having worked on level design and level programming for the first game, Arch Vitalis. Since then, he's worked on the level design of nearly all of the other games that they've or that Arcane's worked on, and even did some of the storytelling writing for Dark Messiah of Might and Magic, Dishonored, and the expansion The Knife of Dunwall. Julian Robbie, the executive producer, doesn't show too many credits to his name prior to joining Arcane. During his time at Arcane, he worked on Arch Fatalis, Dark Messiah of Might and Magic, Dishonored, and the two expansions focusing on Dowd. He's no longer with Arcane, having moved on to 2K Games to work on Mafia 3 and Borderlands the pre-sequel, and is currently at Wolfi, the company he founded with Raphael. They're working on their first game called Weird West. Sebastian Mitten was the art director prior to Dishonored. His two other credits are Need for Speed V-Rally 2 as the front-end artist and Fame Academy Dance Edition as the 3D artist. So, um, yeah, I don't know what, how that really worked out, but hey, it worked out for him, apparently. 
Uh, since then, he's been the art director of all the Dishonored games, as well as Wolfenstein, uh, Youngblood, and Cyberpilot, while also having contributed to Prey with some additional visual designs. He's currently doing the art for Arcane's next game, Deathloop. As far as the art and architecture of the levels, uh, Damien Laurent is the one responsible for that. Prior to joining Arcane, he worked on Splinter Cell Chaos Theory and Double Agents and on Killing Floor. So you can kind of see a little bit of the Cell thing with the Splinter Cell stuff there, as far as level design goes. He's worked on all the level art for Dishonored, the Dishonored series and was also the level art director for Wolfenstein, Youngblood, and Cyberpilot. Uh, one more person of note, as far as the art goes, is Victor Anatov. Uh, Victor was the visual designer on Dishonored. He got a fair amount of credits prior to his work on Dishonored, including Redneck Rampage, Redneck Deer Hunting, Redneck Rampage Rides Again, Kingpin, Life of Crime, and, wait for it, Half-Life 2. <laughs> Who would have seen Natural. that coming after after Natural those titles? <laughs> and a little small project like Half-Life 2 after yeah. all the big budget games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So in typical Val fashion, um, I mentioned this in the Firewatch episode, he isn't actually credited for anything in particular in there, but I kind of dug this up, uh, you know, doing my usual research. Uh, he was the art designer of City 17, something you could definitely see uh, once you know that yeah. in Dunwall. Yeah, I can now, yes, <laughs> now you say that, yes. Yeah. As for the writing, Harvey Smith and Raphael, who have already been covered, are two of the are two of the people responsible. Austin Grossman, Ricardo Bear, and Terry Brosius are the others. Austin Grossman's other writing credits include Ultima Underworld 2, Deus Ex, Frontlines, Fuel of War, and the Dishonored DLC and Dishonored 2. He also did some voiceover work in System Shock and some design in System Shock, Terra, um, Terra Nova, Strike Force, Centauri, Trespasser, The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Mark Echoes, Getting Up, Contents Under Pressure, and Driver Parallel Lines. Terry Brosius has an impressive body of work, not only in writing, but voice acting as well. Her writing credits include Thief, The Dark Project, and Deadly Shadows, Waking Mars, and Dishonored 2. Her voice acting credits are a pretty long list, and she's probably best known. No, not probably. She is definitely best known as Shodan in System Shock. Mm. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Ricardo Bear was also the lead technical designer on Dishonored. He worked on the design of Deus Ex, Deus Ex Invisible War, Black Sight Area 51, Dishonored and its DLC, and Prey and its DLC, Moon Crash. As far as the writing goes, he was one of the writers on the Dishonored DLC, Prey, and Moon Crash, and is currently working on Redfall, although what capacity I can't say for certain, but I would think it's safe to assume he's probably handling some of the writing. Ricardo also wrote two short stories, The Rat Burner and Of Solomon's Tales and Green-Eyed Girls, and two full-size novels, Jack of Hearts and Fools of Fate. Uh, Daniel Licht was the composer for the music of Dishonored and prior to that also did the music for Silent Hill Downpour and Book of Memories, the last two Silent Hill games, basically. Aside from those and the entire Dishonored franchise, he had a large amount of composing credits in TV and film with Dexter, uh, something we were talking about off the air before we started recording, being the most well-known series he worked on. Unfortunately, Daniel passed away from sarcoma, a form of cancer, about four years ago. Um, there are a few celebrity, um, let's say, cameo voices in this game. Uh, that includes Susan Sarandon has, um, oh, what's the, what's the lady, the old lady? Granny Rags. Yeah, Granny Rags. Uh, Lena, uh, Lena Hetty as Callista and Carrie Fisher, who is the alternate street speaker. Oh, Lena Hetty. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's surprising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you, was what, what was that? Game of Thrones came out before, came out around this time, right? Pretty uh, close to this. I think so. If not, maybe just a year or two after. I mean, I think. 2011 is maybe when the Terminator 11. TV series came out. So, I don't know. Anyway, so there. So that is the uh, history and development of Dishonored. And you can, like I said, you can kind of see all of the things that kind of connect and how Dishonored ended up being what it ended up being based on the people that have worked on it and what they worked on prior to it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, thank you, Jason. That's all extensive and detailed as always, and greatly appreciated. A lot of, a lot of you, you can learn a lot from this, from uh, that, that ten-minute uh, diatribe about uh, <laughs> this, uh, this, this uh, just like how we, how they got to Dishonored. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's all that, very clear to me now. Yeah, that's kind of what I try to do is kind of get to the connective tissue of how we got to where the game we're covering is, because I feel like that's a lot of the more interesting parts of history is like, well, how did this lead to this? Yeah, I always appreciate it. Now, now we uh, now it's time to talk about Dishonored itself. Uh, and also, to be clear to the audience, we all played the Definitive Edition on Game Pass. That's correct, right? I'm not... Yes. We all played the yep. Game Pass version. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, some of us may have played the second one first. Who can say? We, we were confused. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to throw anyone under the bus. No. So. Not at all. But, uh, I can tell you that the graphics are a lot nicer in the second one than the first one. <laughs> there is a four-year gap, I believe. So that makes it, that does make sense, some sense. So, we also... Uh, we did not play the DLC. Uh, I, I actually might come back and play the DLC. But none of us have as of this as of this recording. Now, uh, Jason, how far did you get into Dishonored? Um, I am very near the end. I right, I got right to the part where you uh, meet up with Granny Rags and Slackjaw again. Okay, yeah, you have two mission two missions left after that, and one of them is pretty short. I think it, I mean they can both be pretty short depending on how you uh, how you play the game. I think. Uh, so, and Vanessa, where did you get in the game? I, I got, um, past the, the party. Okay. So I guess the return, return to the tower was the, so you're like, I mean, like two thirds of the way through the game, maybe three, three oh quarters. Uh, there's <laughs> after if you, the, the return to the tower mission. And then there's, you have that one and then three other missions after that. And, uh. The mission after that tower, after that mission, is probably the longest one in the game. The one after the Return of the Tower mission, it's really it kind of oh, keeps going. The one I'm the, on right now is probably yeah. the long. Oh Christ! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're at the end of it though, Jason. Okay. So, yeah, I will. I will. I will finish this. So. Yeah, you're at the. You are. Uh, you are on at the end of that mission. So it's. Uh, I think it, it's also longer depending on how you play the played the game uh the that granny rags and slagjaw thing is uh, actually only in there if you did missions for the two of them mm, okay otherwise uh, otherwise i think you just escape uh, oh. yeah so <laughs> your reward is more game you know that's uh just up to you whether you like that or not uh, <laughs> well said and, uh, yeah i uh i finished it i got the low chaos the lowest chaos ending uh i looked into it and there there are two endings essentially but there's variations of each and um i got the goodest good ending and <laughs> i did everything I, I i took out every target in the game non-lethally i did and um which was a fun challenge each time i actually really enjoyed that even and yeah i looked into some opinions on the game afterwards and it seemed to be like most people thought that was the uh, that it was way way more fun, obviously, to do the the, violent, the more violent uh, way to play the game and the powers with all the different powers you have. So yeah, that actually made me curious. I actually might play this again eventually. Uh, so as a and just murder a bunch of people. So are you saying goes. you didn't you didn't kill anybody? I killed. I think the most people I killed was in the very first escape mission. I'd say, you know, when I was wow. trying to get a handle of the controls <laughs> and, uh, Oh, I'm so sorry. I stabbed you. But, uh, <laughs> once they, 
once they started like leaning into like this game there's a lot of choice in this game in terms of how you play it mm-hmm. but it is kind of it is still kind of lean really heavily into the binary like good and bad choice kind of thing which kind of which kind of sucks in a way because you know i wish there was a little more nuance to that aspect of it but yeah i just didn't i really really use i use a lot of sleep darts i use a shit ton of sleep darts and then um the blink i used a lot of blink and a lot of slow down time and also dark vision that was those that, that was my four that was my four quick select things and uh I uh, I think I actually was pretty good at this game, honestly. In terms of like being good at this game, like the first time I played it, I I just did not it didn't click for me, and I think it happened quick this time. And and the fact that I realized that at least to do play super stealthy, uh, you just look up a lot, <laughs> just just assume that there's always a a, ver- a a way to go somewhere up, and you're almost always correct. And the, it's and if you upgrade your blink and your double jump. Uh, ability uh, you can get pretty you can pretty much get on anything you want to in this game and that makes it a whole lot easier to avoid mm-hmm. things and especially if you're trying not to kill things um that also helped me see just how many different ways there are to go through these levels there is a i, I personally thought there were a lot of different variations of ways you could you could complete a mission in this game yeah. and uh i really re- that's my fa- absolute favorite part of the game is just how how freeform the levels are, and which is, you know, that's that's what these games are. These immersive sim style games are, you know, that's kind of their bread and butter is giving you a bunch of choice in the mission based on how you build your character. And I really felt like the the options for just for non-lethal were um, were uh, fun. I liked I liked sneaking in and sneaking out without without many people noticing me me being there. Did you guys play it violently or? Or tr- or just kind of mix and match with some based on how you were doing, I guess. Kind of just let it come, let it come to you. Vanessa, I murdered everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I tried. I tried to be stealthy, but I can't. So I so if you can imagine, like maybe like a six year old playing this game, that was me. Um, I set a lot of alarms. I'm I tried so my sorry. best to. Like, <laughs> I didn't mean to stab you in the neck. Yeah, and finally at the end, like, I tried to be stealthy, like, you know, the guards would be coming towards me, I tried to, like, take them out non-lethally, then it's like, okay, I'm just gonna have to bring out my pistol and just shoot you all in the face because you keep coming. <laughs> I never fired the gun, I never actually ever fired the gun, I don't think. I Every single scene was a massacre for me, like, the Lady Boyle <laughs> one, too, it's like, I couldn't figure out who Lady Boyle was, and so I just I just killed them all. so many people with Everyone died. <laughs> Are yeah, you it was a massacre for me. And you ask him afterwards. So I like took down all the guests without killing them. And I was like, now I've got to go find all the Lady Boyles and kill them. And so then I ended up just killing everybody. <laughs> Vanessa played this game with the, uh, the the creed, kill them all and let God sort them out. Well, right. I mean, like, and I tried everyone. I tried. I tried so hard to be stealthy sometimes. And then they'd find me and I'd have to kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did uh, save and reload a fair amount when because I, I wanted to I wanted to be super stealthy. And I, I did think sometimes the pathing and the detection of the uh, AI was a little inconsistent, I would yes. say. And, yeah, yeah. So that was frustrating at times. So that's why, yeah, that that's why I didn't feel as bad uh, about reloading stuff because I, I kind of felt like I got, I got cheated quite a few times by, by uh, whether someone could see me or not or being seen through. Those fucking tall boys can see you through anything. They just like, yes, they, they, just, they, they, mm. they, they just know you're there. It doesn't matter what you're doing. They're like, oh, sh-. They're, they just started shooting rockets. 
Um, I, I'm, luckily, I, I'm also heightened height and heightened senses. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jason, how did you, how did you play? I played mostly stealthy until um, yesterday when I was like, you know what? I want to try to power through the rest of this game and I'll go back through my stealthy playthrough. Um, so I made a separate save file for that. And the last little bit, I, I remained as stealthy as I could, but I ended up killing a lot of people. I'm still in low chaos, though, going through mm-hmm. the game, and I've killed a fair amount of people. I did manage to get Lady Boyle um, without killing everybody. I, actually, I managed to go through that whole level with only killing, like, two people, and that was, like, infiltrating the uh, mm-hmm. the house, basically. Um, I'm not... Uh, Vanessa, I'm not sure that um, your way of handling uh, the Lady Boyle thing was any worse than the way I ended up handling it, so... <laughs> I thought mine was uh, was faster. <laughs> I got the non-lethal solution to that one. How did you, yeah. how did you solve it, Jason? That's the it, same thing I did. Yeah, yeah the, the boat. Yeah. Yeah, there's. It, it turns out like, and I'll, well, I kind of like the non-lethal endings because they're kind of fucked up the way you do the, what you do to these people. Um, like for that, like, oh, go ahead, Jason. You can explain the Lady Boyle one. Um, so basically, you run into somebody who knows what you're um, there for, and that's to kill Lady Boyle. And he makes you a deal that if you take her to the basement and uh, put her on the boat, he will take her away someplace safe. And you have to basically um, weasel her upstairs and then bring her down. And when you find out what's going on um, as far as their relationship goes, that he's creepy, you have just sentenced her to a life of uh, rape, effectively, which... No, so my minding was better than yeah, I ultimately, I, down quickly. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, because uh, I think the, the last line of that um, sequence as he's uh, paddling his boat off is, she'll learn to appreciate me. Yeah, oh, it, really, because you're like, the whole thing is like, you kind of think that they know each other for a bit, and then, uh, yeah, if you just just the way he says it, you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah. oh, I, ooh, ooh, I think I should have just killed her, fuck. I think I just, I would have did her uh, a favor. I the uh, the pleasure house mission the uh, the two twins you have to take out. Um, if you do the non lethal version, which is you get Slackjaw to to kidnap them, basically, mm-hmm. he like kidnaps them and cuts their tongues out and puts them to work in those mines that they were that they had like a bunch of people working in, mm-hmm. like wow. so they can't so they, like so they can't be, like say who they are or anything. Yeah. It's it's yeah. a nice poetic justice because they would kidnap people and then enslave them in those mines. Yeah. And so they end up there, basically, and it's just sort of a nice payback. So I believe the tagline for this game um, is revenge is – what was it? Revenge is something? Revenge solves everything. Oh, that was the tagline. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, revenge solves everything, and apparently that's uh, that's the structure of the whole game is uh, just getting revenge. It's everything Everything in this game is revenge. You're, mm-hmm. revenging, a, you're revenging a lot of things constantly. Uh, and then when you think you're done revenging – you get you get screwed over again. It's back. To, you gotta you gotta go revenge some more. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, this game is a is a saga of revengeance, if you will. Uh, what do you guys think of the story in this game? I kind of thought it was just fine. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 It was yeah. not what I, was, I would agree. It's not what I was there for when I was playing the game. It was it was decent enough. Like it propelled me enough, but I was more in it for uh, the level design personally. Um, I would have to agree with you. I, I, I don't know how to say it nicely, but I guess it. The whole story just felt pretty simple and obvious. Like, oh no, the guys who were backing you and trying to get you to do this and betraying you. Holy shit! Surprise of surprises. Yeah, who could have seen that coming? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, these people. Right. It's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, the nobility. That's all the, or you know, the nobility that sucks uh, ends up sucking. Continuing to suck, even though they are on your side. Oh, gee, they were going for power for themselves the whole time. Who could have thought? It doesn't help that the uh, character 
art doesn't make anyone look trustworthy whatsoever. No, <laughs> so, no. It yeah. makes them look like, uh, like uh, what is it, the clay monster from Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah the does. character model's not great in this game. I do, I like the city design and the overall art direction, but yeah, yes. the character models are pretty rough. Yes. They're, uh, yeah, their face uh, and their hands are just hideous monstrosities. Yes, yeah. And I know, I know they're going for a, a gross thing with this whole game. They really, I mean, I think they're, I, I assume they are. <laughs> because, but, I uh, hope so. If not, there's yeah. somebody that's got to answer for that. Yeah, but uh, Vanessa could, could clarify. I don't know why she could, but what do you think Dishonored 2 looks better than this game, Vanessa? <laughs> I don't know oh. why you would know that, but I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I would know that, but it also, yes, like by far, um, yeah. in this game, it was, I couldn't tell who was wearing a mask and who wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa, we bad. all wear masks. <laughs> Yeah, the so yeah, and also to end it ends with the good ending I'll say was was nice. Uh the uh Corvo dies of old age after Emily becomes a great empress, everything gets happy and Corvo dies of old age and gets buried in the same place where Emily's mom is buried, the the old the previous empress is buried at. So that's the the goodest good ending. His is, lover. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not yep. going to happen to me. Whatever the bad ending is, that's what I'm going to have. I'm pretty sure Corvo gets murdered at the end of in the bad ending but well he did kill he did kill all of the subjects in the kingdom so he probably earned it (laughs) i i was reading up on like someone because like the last mission can be a lot different depending on how you play the game like uh how bad you are in the game Um, or at the game i I was gonna say in the game or at the game yeah there you go you beat me to it so it could be either uh, it's gonna gonna be rough. <laughs> but like even like a little you know like Samuel the boatman who's like who's like your 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 main dude who's always helping you out. Uh, he's like he likes you if you're good, but apparently he doesn't if you're bad. <laughs> so oh man, he's gonna hate me. Then he'll probably be like, I should murder you. <laughs> uh, well, he drops you off because that's the 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 last mission is on this uh, King Sparrow Island, which is a big has a big lighthouse on it, a big big military base basically. basically. And he drops you off there, and apparently, <laughs> after he drops you off when you're in the evil ending, he uh, he shoots his gun in the air to let people know you're there, <laughs> and uh, oh. so that, so everyone's already alerted to your presence when you mm-hmm. get there. Awesome, yeah. Samuel. Thank you. Would it have made more sense to shoot you? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think it's cruel. I think it's more cruel to shoot, to uh, lead you to the to the missile turret towers that are everywhere. Uh, I, think the, I think the missile, I think the level layout's different too in the in the in the evil ending. So I should probably just kill Samuel then. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll solve it. If you just kill Samuel. <laughs> kill them all, like God's arm out, baby. <laughs> Vanessa, do you have what's your favorite level in this game that you've played at least? I guess. What, what is, did, did, any, did any of did you enjoy? Did you enjoy any of the levels? Did you did you? What do you think? Um, I liked the city one. Um, the flooded district. <laughs> The flooded district? As I said it, I know. It's like the distillery and stuff. The first mission? Yeah, the first mission was fun. Um, I thought that was like more fun to explore things. And I felt like there were less people I could alert of my presence. <laughs> I do think the game gets a little a little too guard happy towards the end, which is a big, that's a pretty common in stealth games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they, they're trying to add challenge as the game goes on. Mm-hmm. I, I, I personally think you, it's better to just, you know, give you the power fantasy in a, in a Especially in a revenge tale, but uh, yeah, those early levels are fun to just zip around in and find and find hidden stuff. Yeah, and I feel sure. like if there was a chance for me to be stealthy, it was in those early levels. <laughs> <laughs> if I like that, if <laughs> yeah, those, yeah. those 
those are definitely the ones where I really uh, the that's definitely the one where the game really like clicked with me because there is a lot there's a lot of verticality just naturally in that because of all the buildings and um, you're just looking around all the time and you also if you look for the going after the runes and bone charms also helps you a lot in terms and just like finding different routes and stuff throughout the level so those those were helpful and the runes and bone charms for listeners that haven't played the game are your upgrade materials basically bone charms are like perks that give you permanent abilities if you equip them and uh, permanent bonuses and then bone runes are your currency for upgrading your supernatural powers that the outsider a mysterious entity gives you um i would almost consider him like loki maybe yeah he's he uh he just shows up sometimes especially if you find the shrines around uh, Mm -hmm. the levels he'll show up and like talk about things you've done in the game and i think it based on how you've played it will uh will react accordingly so and mm-hmm. yeah and he gives you your 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 powers um yeah, he gives you blink first but uh which is my favorite power it's just your teleporting power and when you level it up you can do it really fast and that's really fun um that can really it's really good really easy to get out of jail free card kind of they'll still chase you i, I blinked it like i had a i've done a lot of escaping by blinking but mostly it's just me blinking, blinking, blinking away, and I hit a wall, and I'm like, oh, no, they're coming still. <laughs> look up, now Vanessa. i got to look up. Yeah, now i got to hurt them all. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Never mind. Then I just murder, murder everybody. Once they get to me, they just have to die. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you like any, of the pow- any particular powers, Vanessa? Uh, other than, um, other than I, I, I feel like I've been mis- I've, I've been like wasting my time. I get that possession one sounds cool. I haven't even installed the possession one. Oh, that, um, one is, that one's really useful. If you if you think, if you, if you remember you have it, it's... Yeah. it's uh, um, there are a lot of uh, little paths you can take with the rats, which, which are really helpful. Um, also, if you level it up all the way, which I did at the very end, I only have to do it once, but you can put, you can possess humans for a bit. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I actually got to the, got past the last hurdle in the final level by possessing a dude and just walking past everyone. They're like, you don't look so good. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Um, Jason, uh, you got a favorite level? You know, I, I did like Lady Boyle's party. There are just the inventiveness of how to get in there is, and not just like inventiveness of how to get in there, but coming back to like, I believe you can get the, um, invitation for the party from the artist in the second or third mission. And if you talk to the guard at the gate and present the invitation, you're like, oh, well, we've been turning this guy away. Who's been pretending or claiming to be you the whole time right this way. Yeah, there's, uh, you can also get it. Um, one of the party guests loses it, gets like gets shot of their hand. If you can get it, you can get it that way too. Mm-hmm. There's also, but I actually didn't go in that way. I got the party invitation, and then I just kept exploring, and I I went in a totally different path. I went into, I broke into the guardhouse basically. I think I used the rat to get into it actually. Okay. I broke into the guardhouse, and then I came out in the um, the garden where the the side quest dude is at with the wolf mask. I don't know if you did that one. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you pop up, you pop out right where he's at. So that was a uh, really, really handy. Um, it's also really cool when you do it. Cause no, everyone, cause you have a mask on and you just like break in and you're immediately just like, everyone's like fine with you being there still. <laughs> that was, I Ooh, was what a scary that, mask you have. Yeah. I was curious if the way I went in would make it hard, would make it harder for me to walk around and do stuff, but it, it didn't, which I kind of thought was cool, which I actually liked that aspect of it. I, I forgot that they would ignore me if I just walked in the entrance. So instead I snuck through the upstairs entrance and then like set up the alarms and I had a <laughs> yeah, yep. And then like, well, got to kill everybody again. <laughs> God damn it. I did, I did, I did clear that area out after I, um, after I, I uh, got rid of Lady Boyle. I read all the diary stuff, like the one sister that 
is drinking a lot and then get laid by, by as many guys as he wants to that night. Did you, did you read that diary yeah, entry? Yeah, I read that diary. Mm. <laughs> yeah. She's having a good night, except too bad that she also died. <laughs> yeah, they all died. They, they, um, In my version, she wishes she was dead. Uh, do, you, <laughs> do, you have a favorite, do you have a favorite power? In the game, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many you messed around with. But. Um, I used quite a bit, honestly. Like, I, I don't really, I didn't really have a favorite one per se. Um, I probably used Blink the second most. Uh, the most I actually used was Dark Vision, which I just, um, is just <laughs> the default mode for me as far as the game is concerned goes. It's just like, oh, it's like, will you stop taking me out of Dark Vision? Just let it stay on. God damn it! I turn it on every time it turns off. Yeah, it really didn't take much of your uh, your your mana to use either, which is mm-hmm. nice. Um, I, I I appreciate how much they let you use the powers. Honestly, that was mm-hmm. uh, other than Ben time. That one really takes a good chunk out of it. Yeah, uh, so. yeah. I only used Ben time like twice. I think once was when I was going up the tower to go get the um, uh, propaganda announcer. Um, mm-hmm. The little like trap there. I used um, I time bent thing, to, so yeah. I could jump down and uh, disable it, basically. Yeah, I did the exact thing. Uh, same thing. I also use I used it I use it a lot towards the last few missions when we when when they got harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually used it to because I didn't kill Dowd. I uh, I did the thing where you snatch his stuff from him. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I, I used I just snuck up. I dropped down in the window behind the two the guard and then Dowd and then bend time and blinked over him and snatched all his stuff and blinked out before the time before my time thing ran out. So, oh, see, I just blinked up to him and uh, uh, choked him out and then put him on a desk because way the rats didn't eat him. I'm going to probably mur- murder him when I get to him. Oh, there's no probably. <laughs> I, think I, I think I got a couple deaths towards the end uh, inadvertently when I sleep-darted some guards on roofs and they fell off the roof. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I, I did that to some of the assassins on my way to Doubt. I was like, all right, hit him with the sleep-dart, and oh, he just fell oh, in with yeah, all the hagfish. Well, he's dead, okay. Yeah, right into, right into, oh, right. I usually like uh, if I if I do take somebody out long enough, I'm like I should hide the body. I'll throw them over this ledge. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa, God damn it! I, I did try. I did that once where I threw. I tried to chuck him to a little platform below, and I missed a bit to where he just fell. He just hit the corner of it and just careened to his death. <laughs> and I was, oh no! You're like whoop. Well, so. uh, you know what's what, what's that phrase? Uh, you know, heaven is uh, paved with uh, the or paved by the pathways of good intentions or something like that. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I, I found that that was a good way to get rid of the bodies. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, yeah. Because uh, carrying bodies around can be pretty annoying in stealth games. It's my least favorite mechanic in a stealth game. Uh, there is a pa- there is that power that I don't I didn't I never got where if, when you assassinate people they just turn into ashes. So that that's, is a great power. <laughs> yeah, gee, I wonder who you, is going to utilize that one. <laughs> that seemed yeah. like a, that seemed like the way to go if you're murdering a bunch of people. So. What sucks though is it only it only works that way if you like if they don't see you first. So it, it rarely works for me. <laughs> It's not really an assassination if they see you first, right? Just no, it's not. It's just, just, just murder. That's just normal murder at that point. <laughs> it's, uh, it's less cool. It's just not as like assassinations are like cool. Otherwise, it's just murder. Yeah, uh, it's just murder. yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I picture assassinations like you know I'm thinking um, you know like Ezio or Altair or uh, Cassandra from you know uh, the Assassin's Creed series like jumping off a ledge and using the hidden blade and just stabbing them in the neck as you know you plunge down three feet and land on top of them and then just disappear into the night and then. You know, Vanessa's like, hi! Oh shit, I'm not supposed to be here? Fuck you! Die, 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 die! 
Well, usually, so so that happened a few times too. So I don't think that you can drop disable. You can drop um, not assassinate someone in this game, but you can in the second one. So there are a lot of times I would drop on them, press the the, oh, the you know disable thing, and I'm like, oh, that did nothing. I guess I need to stab them in the face now. Oh, that's in the second one. You can you can drop like knock them out. Uh huh. Yep. That's all. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great addition. I'm glad they added that. But okay. Don't, don't think that you can do it in this game because yeah, you can't. I did, I did, <laughs> no, you I didn't can't. get the power because I'm like, well, like I didn't do. I never did it because I'm like, I'm trying to do non-lethal stuff. So it would make it. Would, so that, that's a nice little wrinkle. I, I like that they added that into, into the game. We should have played Dishonored too, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but SMA finished it. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, for no particular yeah, reason. When, we, when, when it comes up again, though, I'm going to restart it and play as Corbro because I played as Emily, but she doesn't have Blink, and so it's not as good. She has something else, but it's not Blink, and it's not as good. Oh, oh wait. Oh, you choose. I, th- I figured it was like they switch between levels. You just pick which one you're playing as. The whole yeah, game. that's it. Yeah, the whole game. Interesting. Hmm. That's fascinating that you know that, Vanessa. Yeah, interesting. Well, I, yeah. I read it because I, you guys started talking about Blink before I knew I was playing the wrong game. Like, well, she can't do Blink. No, 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 no. I'm, no, I'm saying I'm, I think it's fascinating that you know that because nobody here is saying who played the wrong game. I know. Yes. <laughs> You're right. You just implicated yourself there a little bit. Exposed. Nailed it. Yep. Yeah, edit that out. <laughs> And I also think the Boyle Party was my favorite level. I love I love the whole set piece of it. I like allowing you to walk around for once in a level too. I like being mm. uh, walking in plain sight. I like that aspect of it. I also like I also liked uh, the Pleasure House level um, just because I did, I did that so sneakily. Just like I don't think I ever touched the ground in that level. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, that, one, that one felt pretty good. Oh, I did when uh, I electrocuted the guy and he got really into it. Oh right, that, that, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that guy. Like, he, did, he did really. He did like it a little too much. Yeah. Was, yeah. Although if you continue to do it, yeah, I was gonna say if you continue to do it, it will kill him yeah, eventually. Yeah, I did not. I did. I stopped. I did not murder. Vanessa, him. did I'm you like, stop? I, I did, did not. It. I didn't murder him either. Vanessa had a taste for blood, and she definitely murdered him. <laughs> no, no, he was fine. I left him touch that chair alive. <laughs> but everyone else around him is dead, so he's dead. Because <laughs> yeah, nobody's no gonna, one's ever gonna be able to release him because everybody else is dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, frustrating wise, I think I, mean, I already mentioned that like the the detection stuff in the game is really inconsistent, which is a big a big no no in a stealth game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, luckily, I just I loved moving around in the levels, so that, that I didn't I didn't hold it too much against it. Uh, but it got really. It also wasn't that frustrating up until like the last couple levels of the game, which I thought uh, got a little a little too difficult, and they were not interesting visually as the rest of the game was. Um, uh, you guys, any anything else that frustrated you in particular about this game? 
Um, no, just the people attacking me because I suck at it mostly. <laughs> mostly my, my failures as a person are frustrating in regards oh, to this really, game. It's really introspective. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad person, so I'm bad at this game. That's what's wrong. It brought, it brought out the worst in me. <laughs> <laughs> or did it bring out the real you, Vanessa? That's what I'm a little it worried about. Is that you're a cold-blooded killer me. deep down? It gives you the option, though, you know? Was, uh... Not really, though. If you're, if you're not good at it, you don't get an option. <laughs> Isn't there a power where you can get rats to eat people? Isn't that one of the oh, powers? Oh, I should, I, I should get that power. I think that's one of the upgrades. I think you probably I'm should. Up, I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason, anything in particular we haven't, we haven't mentioned yet? Um, you know, I really had a hard time with the controls, honestly. I, I really felt great. I, I yeah, it, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just the, um, like, I feel like this is the, one of those situations where I would, I wish I was a PC gamer because I feel like a mouse and keyboard would work a lot better for this, but... I would like try to blink somewhere and the, an ever so slight movement. And I would end up blinking into the middle of uh, air and then just land with a thump. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, I just alerted like everybody around me. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that happened to me in the, uh, in the tower, return to the tower mission when I was trying to get on the chandelier, <laughs> but I missed the chandelier. The story, the story yeah. of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the most part, like that. And I would say just the beginning sequence of this game, like the first, like, you know, the, escape sequence and then maybe even the first time you go through the city the flooded district i going through that i really felt like there is no way i'm going to finish this game there is no way i'm interested in finishing this game because your powers are pretty minimal at that point and there's not a whole lot of empowerment feel to it and i constantly just felt like like i was on the ropes or just running for my life or you know and that was a situation where i was trying to still be stealthy and not kill anybody or I was just going to have to murder everybody like Vanessa. And I didn't want to play it like that. And then once I got a little bit further in and I was able to upgrade my abilities more, it clicked more. But it's just that first little, not first little, it's the first few hours, I feel, that are a huge hurdle for someone who's coming into this, uh, maybe a little bit blind. And you're like, oh, boy, this is not the game I was expecting at all. Because, you know, you hear like, oh, this is one of the best stealth action games ever made. And then you play it, you're like, boy, the stealth in this game is not so great. Yeah, it really does. You you really do need to get a few. Uh, you need you need blink. You need a handful of powers before like the stealth really really works. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree with that. The first few hours can can be a little iffy, and that's and I think that's a pretty common thing. I think it, people uh, probably people that have had that reaction to like it doesn't this game doesn't really click with them right away. So it's uh, like uh, it happened to me already. So you know. Yeah. Um, I also I mentioned it earlier. I'll touch a little more on it, and that the chaos meter aspect of the game is really unexplained. Then they don't really do a good job of telling you how many people you can kill before your chaos goes up or down and stuff like that. Uh, John, they don't do a really good job, or don't do a job of it at all. Yeah, they don't really tell. Yeah. They don't. They don't like make clear any of that information, like what 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 leads to the chaos and stuff like that. So, and with it being such a big aspect of like the story and how the game ends for you. I think they need. To, I think they should uh, make that a little more clear, and a little more nuanced too. I would say, yeah. Uh, especially for a game where you're playing as a fucking assassin. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I have found that it does help, like especially like the first few levels. If you go through them stealthily and try not to kill anybody, and make sure you're dumping the bodies in the, uh, you know, either on a desk so they're off yeah, the floor. Never, never, never the water. <laughs> yeah. Well, or or if you leave them on the ground, you can end the level, and uh, rats will have killed them basically, so they'll end up dead yes. anyway, and that will count as a death. So it's something I kind of learned um, on my way through the sewers after the escape, and I was like, oh, this is. Okay, so I basically just ended up putting um, a bunch of... Uh, I sent Vanessa a picture of uh, me putting, I think, about seven or eight soldiers or a city watch in a dumpster for nappy time. Yeah. 
Yeah, a handful of guys definitely hanging out in dumpsters till the end of the game. Yeah, they're gonna wake up in this like just like sweaty pile of each other and just be like, "What happened?" Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't know what I did and I really don't think I want to know. But yeah, that's like I said, that's just sort of one of those frustration things too that they don't explain to you. That is, what happens if you leave somebody just laying around outside of like just the immediate like, oh, somebody can find the body, like. There is such a weird, like, okay, if you leave them on the ground and you walk away, there's a chance that a rat will eat them after you've gone, and that counts as a death. And then the chaos thing can go up, but I kept my chaos meter so low in the beginning after I figured that out, that now as I'm going through, I'm killing when I need to kill. And I'm sort of like half and half where Vanessa is, where I'm killing once I get found, but I'll still try to escape, so I'll kill a few, and then bolt. And my chaos meter, in the chaos meter, is still low. So, and I've yeah. killed probably a few dozen at this point. Is there like a display somewhere? Am I just missing the like? Yeah, at the end of each mission, at the end of each mission, it'll tell you like one of the one of the like stats is your current yeah, chaos level. Yeah, I saw level. that. I wasn't sure if like in in the, in like the process of the game. No, you like can, a, I don't think I don't think no. you see it anywhere else but the end of a level. No, which um, I don't want to say does fuck all to really help you to let you know like how poorly you're doing if you're trying to keep the chaos low. But yeah, yeah, and. Uh, I also another reason it should be more clear is because it really it like it changes like the way the levels quite a bit. Yes. Like how you the game is actually easier if you're if you don't kill a lot of people um, in terms of like you don't have because it's easy like the levels because it's harder for you as a player because the, the non-lethal options are, are fewer but the actual like enemies and stuff you run into are fewer. There's less rats to um, fewer the, the lighting. Yeah. The lighting's different. <laughs> I believe mm-hmm. it's like, I think it's brighter, um, which can be a hindrance, but, um, but yeah, there's a significant changes to the game based on that. So yeah, I, I wish they would, um, surface that stuff with more. Yeah. And, and I, so and maybe they did in sequel. Uh, n- none of us know. So, you know, no, no way to find <laughs> out. Yeah. So yeah, so that would be, my, that would be my request in Dishonored for two was uh, to surface that stuff more clearly for the players. Uh, we usually hit, hit hit on the music round now, but honestly, it's most it's really a lot of ba- it's really good set piece music, but it's nothing like it's not really a soundtrack that's worth that any of us would really you know know. Jason, I I know we talked about it off air, but it's mm-hmm. it's good it's good for what it's trying to do, but it's like you know yeah, it is good set piece the- music, but as far as uh, taking this and uh, listening to it on its own, I don't really feel there's much here. It's you know I I'm again not disparaging uh. Daniel Lick's work at all. I think it did a marvelous job of setting the tone, and also because the way the game is structured, it's a little hard to set a soundtrack that is going to stick out with any, like, strong melodies or anything like that because you could be in a stage for, you know, 30 minutes or you could be in there for hours on end as you're trying to stealthily get around things or discover stuff. So, and and even then, like, there's no, like, real, like, set dynamic moments of, like, cutscenes or anything like that. So it's even harder to, like, build strong themes for characters based on that, you sort of just have to have this ambient music that works really well for something that you listen to in the background, but isn't really going to ever come to the forefront of your brain. Uh, there is like a vocal theme that I think it's played at the end that um, some people on Reddit alerted us to, or at least I checked yeah, out. Yeah, it, it, it plays over the credits. It's oh, okay. Good. Yeah, that, that, that I enjoy, yeah. but like the yeah. actual like soundtrack itself in the game is a little, I guess it, it works for in the game beyond that. I 
can't see myself ever listening to the soundtrack on its own. And uh, if you, if this is like one of the first times you ever listen to this podcast, I do a video game music podcast called Rock Out With Your Card Out because I love video game music and I have hundreds and hundreds of video game albums and I am probably nearing like 50 video game soundtracks on vinyl at this point because I'm weird. But yeah, um, Dishonored is not going to be one of those soundtracks I ever like listen to outside of that. Again, not saying it's a bad soundtrack. It's just one of those soundtracks that I don't feel I get anything from listening to outside of the game. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll say that I really like the strings that played when you're when either during tense moments or when you're at the when you the enemies started to see you. I kind of like that that little sting they played uh, with like I don't know what strings they were, but they um, whether they were violin or cello or something. But uh, I liked those. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the specific thing. I'm fairly certain it's violin. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like an yeah. orc hit in a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, on to our. Uh, last major segment here we'll do we are doing uh, uh, getting stuff from our listeners on reddit uh, over at reddit reddit slash dishonored and we asked do you have any favorite moments comments or questions regarding dishonored 2012 uh, and starting I'll start us off here uh, from Lungardia. also if I say your reddit name wrong I apologize I assume you don't care because we all know but that's, <laughs> that's how it goes it's uh uh, they said their favorite mission was for sure the boil party great taste the soundtrack overall was one of my favorite the song honor for all that plays during the credits is such an easy song to listen to it's a shame the composer recently passed daniel lick will be missed light licked i know i actually don't know if it, did you look it up jason how to properly say it what you say you've been saying licked right yeah i've been saying licked so yeah um so yeah there's a member there's a listener uh right there mentioning that they do they do love the soundtrack so obviously you know music is subjective Mm -hmm. we're all we're all different so you know it's uh uh vanessa do you mind reading the next one yeah uh, Bookworm actually, actually, says, Vanessa, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Jason, you read the next one. I, I was, I'm always mean to Jason. I was going to say, I, I was just yeah. looking at the next one. I was going to say, yeah. fuck you, John. God I, damn it. Not I'm again. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm um, sorry, Vanessa. No, it's okay. Actually, Vanessa, you can go ahead and read that. I'll, I'll, I'll do the long one. That's fine. <laughs> You'd like to talk, though, right? Uh, That's why I do podcasts. <laughs> at, the end of my high, at the end of my high chaos run, I heard Samuel say he had to warn them and saw him raise his pistol. I quickly shot him with a crossbow bolt to gain a slight stealth advantage. At that moment, I realized, oh, shit, I'm not the good guy here. I really appreciate Bookworm 2's sentiment on this. I, I love that the game lets you do stuff like that. Yeah. it's. Uh, I do think occasionally, like that guy with the wolf mask, I shot him with a sleep dart, and they still said I killed him. I think it still counted as a kill. But... Uh, I do like that they let you take take out Samuel there and avoid yeah, me. I'm, I'm gonna murder Samuel when I get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know maybe there's uh, maybe there's something to be said about the uh, about the dual thing there. It's not necessarily kill; it's incapacitate. Yeah, I I purposely shot him with a sleep dart because I didn't want to kill him because I didn't know this I guy. Also, I definitely we'll murdered him. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely murdered everybody. I mean, we don't need to belabor <laughs> that point. I actually considered even before I walked to the phone, I was like, I think these guys are going to attack me, so maybe I should just murder all of them before oh, I even walk up to this guy. <laughs> after every kill, she goes, you've just been dishonored. Oh, I like that. I'm going to start saying that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be saying that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. There, there's, there's a lot of people to kill still. Yeah, we'll get t-shirts we'll made. So many people. Uh, all right, Jason, can you uh, reading mind reading from 19JD98, which yep. tells me he was born in 1998. <laughs> all right, the world building is really awesome, and that is a point that we didn't get to that I would 100% agree with. On yeah, a wiki. Oh, go ahead, yeah. John. 
No, no, no. After after this, I'd like to mention the world building for sure. Okay. On a wiki, you can see the lineage of the royal family for one example, or that there are entire countries that you never get to see but read about and hear so much about throughout the game and books. There are wars that have taken place like the War of the Four Crowns and a civil war called the Morley Insurrection and so many other historic events that shape the world um, you explore just a single city. And there's... And then there's one of the greatest parts for me. Everything you experience in this entire story just takes place on a comparatively small set of islands, hundreds of miles away from known mass or known massive landmass known as Pandacea. Is that am I saying that right? Pandacea. Uh, I, it was always, I always read it, so I don't think I ever heard anyone say it. In I heard game. somebody say it like once. So okay, but anyway, uh, that the people of the Isles have known about for generations, but have never been able to settle there because of its extremely hostile environment. Once in a generation, a great effort is made to attempt to colonize the landmass, but has always resulted in failure. The sailors who come back alive have the most mind-boggling tales to tell when they return home, after months of traveling with a sliver of the original crew left. They talk about the great deserts, swamps, mysterious cults, and don't even get me started on the bizarre wildlife. The world of Dishonored is so rich and deep, yet it's all beneath the surface of the story you play through. That's what I find so attractive about the world of Dishonored. And kind of piggybacking off that, too, the first hint I got that the whales in this world were not the same whales that we have in our world was the whale mask in the Lady Boyle yes. party where it just has like tentacles and shit in its face. I was like, what the hell is that goddamn thing? I, I read a, I, I had read a book that mentioned what the whales, the whales having tentacle mouths and stuff like that. But yeah, I did not really grasp how different they looked until they had like seven, seven fins on each side and tentacles in their mouth. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of like Lovecraftian but, horror um, sort of mixed in with like all of this stuff here because uh, yeah, we'll get into it here as far as the world building goes. But there's a lot of like, oh, there's this world is very different than ours. Yeah, and I mean, we—it's uh, my fault we didn't touch on this because the world of Dunwall and the world of uh, of the Dishonored is actually really interesting, just visually and story-wise, like background-wise, because mm-hmm. everything in the city, and I'm assuming in a lot of different places in this world, is based around whale oil as a as the main resource for powering most things. So it's a big whale economy, and uh, which is a, which is a fascinating uh, way. It's a, fasc- it's a fascinating way to base your entire game around. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and it, it creates this like steampunky vibe too, which um, works for me in this game. I'm not always a fan of steampunk, but I like what they Same do here. with it here. Um, you know, that may have been one of my initial turnoffs from the game too, is I am not a fan of steampunk. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I can take it or leave it. It depends on how. It depends on the type of steampunk. I, I like what they did here. It was. Um, it felt it, it. It didn't feel like too over the top. It felt pretty practical for the most mm-hmm. part, with the, um, which I liked about it. And so yeah, and then like if you read the books, there's like he mentioned the Pandicia, and, and then there's you can get a lot of background for stuff. It's also a complaint I have is I feel as it, it it has the crutch of like you have to read a lot of stuff to get all the all the background. I mm-hmm. wish there. I, I don't. I don't know how exactly I would have liked it, but I, I would like if they could find more ways to tell uh, to do some like background and some world building without just ha- you having to um, read a bunch dump. of excerpts. Yeah. yeah, text text dumps, um, which are well written. I actually oh, I I enjoyed them when I read when I re- when I read them. Um, oh, the text dumps. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, they, exactly. That that you, you do have to stop and read something in the middle of the game too, which again, and there's a decent amount of it. Uh, Oh, there's more there's, than a decent there amount. There are millions, there's, yes. millions of yeah. text excerpts in this game. There are a lot. There's a lot of repeats too. Um, if you uh, if you miss some, they'll you'll be able to read them again. Don't worry. It's, uh, <laughs> They'll probably be there once again. Yeah. Uh, 
so yeah, I'm glad I'm glad this comment came up. I apologize to listeners for not bringing up a really good, a really cool aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, are we gonna sort of just get into the world building now, basically, or are we? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Just, uh, okay, so, so like one of my favorite things about this is also just the sort of religion in a way in this game. Like there is no god effectively, and I, I brought up the comparison of the outsider to Loki, who's sort of like this trickster sort of asshole, basically. And I think that's probably as, about as apt as you're gonna get to like a real world comparison there even the religion of the human beings um is the church of the everyman and that is more of a the people basically keeping these like um lovecraftian horrors at bay from the rest of the people like basically like it's us against this like just horrid universe that is out to destroy us with these just mind-melding monsters effectively and it's human beings that are trying to stave off the madness effectively and i really appreciate that that's how there's this building of like what is going on in this world and the i don't want to say challenges but the challenges that human beings seem to have just existing here mm-hmm. kind of like denotes basically yeah i like i also like because uh, the plague is a really big aspect of like the world current of, of dunwall itself currently this, this rat plague mm-hmm. and i really appreciate how much of in the background of the actual plot it is is just kind of like happening to the city as you're going along is this like people are like turning into zombies basically because of these um rats that are everywhere and it's really as you really it doesn't really affect you at all per se other than other than if you run into zombies obviously but like in a more in in that kind of way but i I like just like the fact that this is just another another thing happening in this awful city in the background um if you get the good ending uh they find a cure to the plague uh, believe if I remember right. I so, think you're right. Yeah, and yeah. I also kind of appreciate how this like whole thing is like a pre-apocalypse sort of thing. Yes, yes. It's like you're like in the middle of it, of it happening. It's yeah. Like as a as a like in the beginning, like uh, what is the Empress talking about? How like they're uh, they're not gonna wall off themselves from the rest of the city, and because uh, it's like that's the plague is really 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 ramping up at this point in time. So that was interesting. But yeah, Sokolov and. Piero, Pietro, the two scientists, they work yeah. together and create a cure in the good ending. If they aren't dead, <laughs> which they could be dead. Uh, if, so, uh, if Vanessa's playthrough, they're definitely dead. Yeah, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like the episode, uh, the episode, the mission where you, uh, the bridge mission. I like that one a whole lot too. I don't think I, I never, I never mentioned that. The one where you get Sokolov, I really enjoyed um, going, uh, making my way across that bridge stealthily. It was fun. I thought. It was also fun if you murdered everybody on the bridge. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't deny, I, I don't doubt that. It's, yeah. Uh... Yep. <laughs> yeah, that is one of those things about Dishonored, and we'll get back to the Reddit comments here in a second, that I really do appreciate is it really does um, sort of reward you for the way you're playing. Effect, well, not, maybe not reward you, but it really just um, allows you to kind of play the game the way you're going to play it and not punish you if you're doing it one way or the other. Um, it does make things more difficult. If you're trying to kill everyone, it will add more things for you to kill. And if you're trying to be stealthy... Uh, John, as you mentioned, like it's the game's more light, so it does make it harder for you to be stealthy. So it does sort of uh, ramp up the difficulty a little bit in ways uh, or in the way that you decide to play. So I kind of appreciate that. But at the same time, like once I get good at something, I would like to remain good, not you continue to challenge me and then uh, me start having to decide like, well, I got to start killing people now. And I was trying not to kill anybody because, you know, I I, I did see some people um, on Reddit and just general threads like talk about like, oh, yeah, I managed to get through the whole game without using powers and without killing anybody. I'm like, you are a monster i don't know how you do that and i don't mean yeah, a monster I, like terrible i just mean like a monster like jesus christ you're insane that's that's you're incredibly good at this game 
Yeah, I, I'm the same way, Jason. I wanted I wanted the last few missions to just me be me tearing through shit at breakneck speed because I'm just a, a super powered badass, mm-hmm. and uh, I still kind of did, but it was you know, there was more reloading involved <laughs> than I would like. But, <laughs> all right, um, we can move on to uh, nine inch nails here. Uh, uh, let's see, Princess Leia actress is broadcasting world news across the speakers when you killed the original broadcaster voice. Nice and quiet, hidden role for Fisher. I didn't know that Carrie Fisher is in this. Okay, I must have missed that when Jason was doing his thing. Absolutely amazing, Houndpits Pub. Being there first time is like, hey, it, used, it must be used as a full map with enemies soon, just like in Deus Ex. Stunning and amazing music. What don't fill the space all the time as in Deus Ex, but just hits at some moments and suddenly quietly like a sleep dart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, you guys have not done it, but yes, the Houndpits pub becomes is the second to last mission is is there, um, and there's a bunch of guards there, and you can choose to either fry them all to death with the pylon with the with the, with an arc pylon or um, put them all to sleep, which I did. Yeah, um, I fried them. <laughs> <laughs> you are given the option to not kill, and then you're just gonna go ahead and kill. I like it. Honestly, I'm probably I'm probably not even gonna do that. I'm gonna walk in. They're all gonna attack me, and I'm gonna murder them with my sword. <laughs> I don't even. I wonder if you even have. You probably don't even have the option because I, I think I, I don't know if both scientists have to be alive or anything. But uh, <laughs> I'm curious. I mean, I'm actually curious. To <laughs> yeah. see what the, I'll let you know how this game ends yeah. for me. Also, they say like they like. I uh, what I think they're saying is that they they like that the music is subdued is subdued and only comes in when it, when it needs to is what they like about it. That's what I think I'm interpreting this as. That's kind um, of the way I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, it's cool that Carrie Fisher was the uh, broadcast voice if you kill the uh, mm-hmm. original broadcaster voice. That's interesting. I wonder where you find him and how you kill him. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, you are, you are in now. the level right now where, yeah. where you do that. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, you, can, you can either uh, let him live or murder him. So it's, uh, well, now <laughs> I'm definitely... Well, I mean, yeah, well we know what you're doing. Anyway, but now I'm definitely yeah. going to murder him. <laughs> I, I originally choked him out, and then I was like, you know what? You have been feeding this propaganda bullshit. So while he's sitting there unconscious, I ended up like cutting him with my sword and then throwing him, uh, you know, jumping up on the ledge on the top of the stairs and then just dropping him down and letting uh, you know, gravity do its work. I was like, all right, he fuck was, you. He, he was forced to do it or his family would be murdered, guys. That's all right. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, whatever, man. It doesn't matter. The, uh, if, you, if you don't kill him, he, uh, the, you get the non-lethal ending for Hiram Burroughs and you, you, uh, you get to blast all his dirty laundry out over the propaganda speakers. Oh, you, 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 he, can, you can do both. Oh yeah, because you could, all you have to do is break into the safe. But, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I talked to the I talked to the announcer, and he thought I was going to spare him. And then when he turned away, I choked him out, and then decided, no, you know what, you're you're dead. You're a monster. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, best of those worlds. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Vanessa, Dishonor supports uh, it, baby. <laughs> uh, would you mind reading in me Yuku? I think it's in in me U C U. Oh. I okay. know, right? Isn't that fun? Um, <laughs> great name. Awesome thought there. You ought to include the Knife of Dunwall and the Brigmore Witches DLCs. My absolute favorite moment is in the intro to the Knife of Dunwall. Seeing the other side after playing through his Corvo is awesome, and the voice actor for Dodd is perfect. Here's an awesome video combining both. I'm definitely going to watch that. The beginning to the level Lady Boyle's last party is a very good setting as one enters looking up, seeing the tall boys in action for the first time. If you check the heart, there's loads of charms and whale bones to find before you enter the party. It's a great fun level. Yeah, it is a great level, and that was super intimidating, those tall boys walking around. Yeah, because they... they those guys are assholes. You know They're what's fun? <laughs> you know what's fun is actually um, I discovered this in the um, the mission you're in right now, Vanessa. Is you freeze time, throw a grenade up there, and um, that will just kill him like pretty one shot there. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do that because I I actually am kind of stuck. Um, I keep on, I can't even like 
uh, because I don't use stealth, um, having <laughs> a really hard time getting past all those guards and the tall boys right now. <laughs> Jason, would you mind reading Dunwalls? Absolutely. <laughs> That's wonder, wonder, wonder if they like this game. Yeah, wonder. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Dishonored made me fall in love with the stealth genre and stealth uh, in video games overall. The series is my favorite, but I uh, rarely find people that played and enjoyed it as much as I did outside of this sub. I even chose Dishonored-related uh, username for my oh, PlayStation okay. account <laughs> and Reddit, <laughs> but no one has ever recognized the reference. We did. Don't worry about it. We got you. We got you, Dunwalls. We got you. <laughs> Maybe someday. A memorable moment was crying during the end credits after my first playthrough. It was the Outsider's voiceover and the ending to a great game that caused it, I think, and maybe seen um, Ghost and Clean Hands Trophy pop up. The song Honor for All That Plays during the end credits is beautiful. Rest in peace, Daniel Licht. Wow, that's, uh, that's a nice little anecdote. Yeah, this game, I wonder how old he was when he played this game, when he played this for the first time, if it was uh, also, later in life. He, also, he got Clean Hands on the first time. Like, impressive. And Ghost, I'm assuming that's another stealth thing. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> Ghost and Clean Hands, I think those are the you didn't kill anyone or alert anything. So on his first playthrough, like impressive. Yeah, because I mean, I got I got some I got some of the I got all the non-lethal ones, but those are I'm pretty sure those are the really hard ones to get. So well, I got the non-lethal ones, and I've killed people. It just uh, the non-lethal one is just ki- not killing the targets, finding the alternate. Yeah, but there, alternative yeah, there's like yeah. a the low chaos, the low chaos ending. But the, mm-hmm. I think Ghost and Clean Hands are like the literal like you 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 just you just walked through this and didn't touch anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, bravo to you, Dunwalls. I don't know how yeah. the hell you managed it, and I will never manage it. You are one of those uh, monsters of this game that I will uh, I, I mentioned earlier. So uh, hats off and bravo. Yeah. Uh, see, I'll read the next two because one of them is very short. Yes, I was going to say uh, if you if you if you kept that as yours, screw you, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Halo there, very clever name. Uh, killing his favorite moment was killing Lord Re- Lord Regent Hiram Burroughs. That guy sucks. So yeah, good Agreed. for you, man. Yeah. Uh, and Mike Kowalski uh, dis- discovered Dishonored during lockdown. Okay, this is recent. Uh, it was the perfect bit of escape. I'll be a little too real with a rap play in very <laughs> surreal times. <laughs> the fantastic world building with environments and character interactions affected by your play style, by, by your style of gameplay are some of the deepest immersive experiences in gaming. Yes, it's that good. The, replay, the replayability is phenomenal. Once mastered, rerunning through with a no-powers ghost non-lethal run was probably one of my most rewarding completions ever. The Clockwork Mansion is visually spectacular, and the crack in the slab is mind-bending on a level unseen games that preceded it. I think that Dishonored 2 is a Clockwork Mansion. It is. Uh, I, I looked it up because I was like, oh, am I getting to those? Because I was looking yeah. forward to it, then I saw it was in Dishonored 2. I was like, god damn it. I've, uh, and I've heard of the Clockwork Mansion like from a lot of people as like just more, like peak-level design in mm. terms of that. Which that's, that's one I've always been curious about playing. Um, and then a comment on that comment was no more training wheels. Said, if you like cracking the slab, you might like a game called Singularity. And also Titanfall 2 campaign has a similar level in it. No one does it quite like Arcane, though. Uh, Titanfall 2 shout out. Love it. <laughs> uh, 
That's uh, yeah, play that campaign. Uh, any, but also play Dishonored. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think he nails you know what's what's so everything's great about Dishonored, and it's really just allowing you to play it how you want to play it, and not not making you feel like you're playing it the like like you're play, other than the chaos aspect, but the levels themselves not punishing you for playing it how you want to play it. Like there's a lot of options and a lot of different paths to take through the level, which is uh, which again adds to the, rep- the replayability, as he says as well. He or she says, sorry. It says Mike, so I'm going to assume it's a he. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I knew a female Jason, Michael when I was in high school, so. I said, yeah, so he or she. Also, he or she is, in, or they, I, they. I'm going to say they. Yeah, let's just go they. They, and not offend anyone. Uh, Jason, can you read the next one? Absolutely. Um, oh, you want me to read the next two, actually, since these are... This one yeah, go short for too. it. All right. Yeah. Uh, the Casual Slav says, if I had a top 100 games, Dishonored 1 would definitely be number one, no cap, which is a pretty bold statement. And I, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed this game as much as you did because I've, I've got a few games where, you know, like uh, Tactics Ogre is my number one game. And, you know, I, there's very few people that would ever agree with me on that. And I feel like Dishonored probably has a much higher ratio of people that would say that if they, yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, next one is uh, this is Boxcat and look into the small details and the care they put in. Uh, if you sign your name on the guest uh, list, there will be a letter in another level talking about how someone signed in as Corvo. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought there's a lot of love and care put into this game. Uh, it's just a matter of you have to be willing to put in the time to not kill everyone to uh, uh, find that out, Vanessa. <laughs> no. It's, it's okay. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Although fine. I did, I did get a big kick out of the time when, like, you poisoned. If you guys did that level with um for granny rags, where you like poison the elixir. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I actually didn't do that for her. It seemed kind of evil, so that, I didn't actually. Yeah, because you're not actually poisoning the uh, the thugs. You're poisoning the poor people. I know. I feel kind of bad after. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, but you are killing everybody, so that's just consistency. Whoops. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. <laughs> All right, uh, Vanessa, can you read King of Mold, King of the Molds quote? No, yeah. uh, comment. Sorry. Yes, uh, there are many great moments, too many to mention. However, what should be celebrated is the depth of the games, the commitment and earnestness of the storyboarders and developers dedicated to the project. It's the little things, the shortcuts that only the most keen-eyed replayers notice, the ambiance of the games, and the immersive atmospherics, the coziness of some of the areas. They just really hit a sweet spot. The way on King Sparrow Island, where you can either cause complete mayhem and slaughter, or simply bypass the whole level by making your way onto the high rocks and up the bridge supports and across rooftops. Mother Lady Boyle's here. party is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know you. I, I was. I thought, I thought I was being clever in that level too. All right. This is the whole <laughs> level, like like doing the high rocks. Okay. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a lot of praise for the the levels, uh, level design. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got in our last one here, uh, Bree Bree. Uh, 10945 says the world building and rich level design are what bring me back time and time again I've played these games through countless times and each time I find something new the world the game is set in is so detailed and you can feel that it is, it is a fleshed out almost real feeling place that you explore and only makes me wish there was, were other games set in each of the aisles or Pandicia yeah again, again it's echoing a lot of people's stuff and it's, they're, they're very right world building and level design are the uh, highlights of Dishonored and I really think I don't think you can take that away from this game. I really think that's just like, yeah. I think I think it's one of the things. You, even if you don't like it that much, you got you got to give it that. You know, you, you got to like it's got that at least, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't click for you. So, yeah. And that's uh, thank you everyone for commenting. Uh, always appreciate that, and a lot of, a lot of great comments too. Uh, I learned a few things, which is always nice. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I learned a nice stealthy way of uh, getting to or getting, uh, <laughs> that I'm uh, going <laughs> to yeah. utilize. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. There you go, uh, Vanessa. You can you can utilize that too, or you can just murder everyone. But, you know, <laughs> I, murder everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I can already tell you how it's going to go. I, I like this. I like this new Vanessa. She's very uh, very set in her ways of like, no, nah, I'm just killing everybody. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you I'll try, but then it's not going to work out, and so they'll just all die anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, Jason, give me your final thoughts and uh, recommendation if you have one for this game. Um, all in all, like, like I said, it, I mentioned this earlier. It took a f- good few hours for this game to click for me. It took this is my third try at least playing this game. And I was even uh, messaging, you know, Vanessa, like little tips. I'm like, OK, this is like kind of maybe how it'll be a little bit easier for you. And uh, messaging, um, you know, executive producer uh, Gore from the site on about this. Like he this is a game that never clicked for him either. And I think I finally got to the point where it clicked, like it's after a few hours and I got some of the powers kind of ramped up that, like I said, that's, that's sort of one of those things that I feel I wish this game did a little bit better is making you feel empowered early on, even if it's not like crazy empowered, but like toning down like the way the enemies react to you and stuff might have helped a little bit because I can see the first few hours really just, just turning people off from trying this game because it had did it to me a few times before this. And if we weren't playing this for uh, the game club and, you know, we've, we settled on this format, so we didn't actually have to finish the game and I nearly threw in the towel, but like I said, I got to that third level or whatever it was, and it finally clicked because of the amount of powers and the, like upgrades I had. That I was like, oh, okay, I think I finally get the I'm getting like what this game is going for. And then you can kind of start to see like the really intelligent level design that supports the way you want to play the game. And I think that is uh, Dishonored's outside of the uh, you know incredible world building that I wish, um, as we mentioned, um, was a little bit more discernible outside of sitting there having to read text in the middle of the game. I feel like the level design is the game's strongest point because all the good powers in the world, if you don't have really clear and strong level design supporting it, it's kind of all for naught. And I think that's Dishonored's strongest point and also my favorite point is um, just how well this game was designed for that. Awesome. Uh, Vanessa, you got any closing comments? Uh, I enjoyed it. I think this one, I think Jim would actually really like this because he really loves like exploring things. So he could have spent his entire life on the first level looking for stuff. I think he would really enjoy that. <laughs> um, <laughs> ultimately, I like I like exploring things too. Um, I don't like being chased and there was a lot of moments <laughs> where I was being chased. <laughs> Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep playing it, though. I'm going to get through these last levels and finish it. So I feel like that's saying something. And I would recommend it if this is like the kind of game that you're like, you know, if you uh, if you have time to really get invested in the game, this would be a good one to do so. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Sort of piggybacking mm-hmm. off of you there, Vanessa. Like, that's kind of how I feel is I would recommend it if you're going if you're willing to give it more than <laughs> the first run through of the flooded district. Like I said, after the first run through of the flooded district, I feel like this is when the game clicked for mm-hmm. me. And then yeah. once you get there, it's like, oh, okay, the game clicked for me. Otherwise, if you feel like you need to check out before that, give it a little time. But if you feel like after you're kind of bouncing around in the flooded district the second time and it's not clicking for you, it probably just isn't going to click. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll say that uh, this is probably, other than uh, Resident Evil Remake, this is probably my favorite game we've done on since we revived Game Club. I think it's my favorite game we've played on here. Uh, I like it a whole lot. And. And I will, I'll echo what Jason said about um, for sure that yeah you just got you gotta let it you get, you, you gotta give it a bit because I think the when it, it truly truly clicked for me um, was the 
first uh, big target mission when you're getting the overseer. I think he's an overseer, right? I don't even remember mm-hmm. yeah. what his name was. Yeah, overseer. Um, and I got into his office and just trying to and – and in my ways – and I, I thought I got there and I had to save the dude he was talking to and also – uh, not not literally kill him, and having to save and reload and so many times trying to do that um, because I was not prepared for that situation. I learned a lot of the different routes I could have taken to get into that into that place, and because um, I had to, I had to get like one one dude out of the out of the building and into like a dumpster, and then come back and then get the other guy and then take out uh, the the uh, overseer. And I think that's when it clicked into terms of just like how many options you have and that's what i love about the game it's just the options it just gives you it puts you in a level and it just and gives you a goal and it's it lets you let it really it truly lets you do it however you want to and um i can't praise it enough for how well it does that and uh i i think i'm gonna sit down and do the dlcs i think it's about eight to ten hours total for both for both of them to finish them uh, I also say that I think this game is uh, good for replayability, not just because of obviously, obviously the amount of options you have, but I think it doesn't overstay its welcome in length-wise. I think it's the right length for the for the type of game it is, and um, which well, which leads to uh, like the like likelihood of me doing multiple playthroughs, which I don't know if I will at this point in my life. But if I played this, if I liked if the game, if I let the game click with me, uh, however many years ago it was, I probably would have played it multiple times back then. So. Yeah, this game's great. Uh, whether we do a game club on it or not, I will probably play Dishonored 2 at some point in the future. And uh, hopefully that game is just as good. Hopefully that game is better, honestly, but it, it, at least just as good. <laughs> so, uh, At the very least, we know it's better looking. Yes. Better looking, yeah. yes. Play as Corvo because Emily doesn't have Link. <laughs> that does seem like a deal breaker for me. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, now that I've had to be, be able to use Blink. If I play it again, I'm, or if I go, try to go back to the Sonic Two, I'm just going to restart it with Corvo because yeah. Emily doesn't have Blink. <laughs> you mean hypothetically, if you had to go back and play Dishonored Two? <laughs> hypothetically, if I mistakenly played Dishonored Two instead of Dishonored One for this game club, <laughs> uh, which of course I didn't. <laughs> hey, I mean, if you, if you combine the length of those two th- playthroughs, you probably beat this game, right? You know. Yeah. <laughs> Theoretically, um, and uh, so I think that's gonna gonna do it for us. Unless anyone has any uh, any uh, further comments to make, um, if you like what you hear, you can uh, and you like us, you can follow us at on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the uh, podcast at Games and Junk. You can follow uh, Jason at Jason Ariola, Vanessa at Vicarious Rock, and myself at John Lucero seven seven seven. You can donate to the Patreon, as uh, Jason alluded to in the earlier in the episode. Alluded to outright yeah. sold, whatever. Yeah, outright sold as he had his business coat on, and uh, also, and you can just, and also, we just appreciate if you just go listen to everything else we do because we put it out, we put out a decent amount of podcasts, and we and we enjoy doing them. So hopefully, you enjoy listening to them. And at that point, I'll say, uh, so long, everybody. Thank you for listening yet again, and have a garbage day.
the small world, the taller they stand, well, the harder they fall. We live for today, but we die for the next. With blood in our veins, in the air, in our chest, or we step into war with our hearts on the line. The dirt on our boots is just free over time. A distant aroma at best A withering smile that's stuck deep in your vest The night air it wraps its fingers around Your body it shakes from a now distant sound Oh, the sound of her voice A sweet symphony Played over and over until you are free Disease. 